all through Advent, we will be hearing the visions of the visions that are so beautiful and so inspire us every Christmas season. For Isaiah is the one who said to us, Lo, a child will be born, and he shall be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And so it is to that prophet that we meet in Advent. Let us listen for God's word. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All nations shall stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that God may teach us God's ways, and that we may walk in God's paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. O Holy One, coming One, One of promise, speak to us today your words that will give us hope, that will sustain our spirits, that will prepare us for the light that is to dawn so brightly. Meet us and speak that word that each of us needs to hear. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. I spent last week up in the mountains of North Carolina, outside Hendersonville, not far from Montreat and Asheville. I was at a retreat of the sacred art of Orthodox iconography, we worshiped every morning at 7.30. We meditated, we reflected, and we painted all day, every day, and it was wonderful. 
We worked in a big studio, a big hall, that was about five minutes, ten minutes walk from the inn. And in that hall, we had tables set up and there were workstations, and everybody brought a little halogen light, and they had power strips on our tables that we could each have our light to put over our icon that we were working on, because to do that kind of work, you need a lot of light. I liked to work late at night. So I would walk back to the inn in the dark. Now I am directionally challenged severely in the light of the noon day. And so that you can imagine in the dark, it was an even greater challenge and I would set out from the studio and thinking about the icon that I was painting and pretty soon I would end up where I was not at all supposed to be and in the dark I would have to get my bearings and say, okay, that's the chapel. No, that's a cottage. Okay, that's the chapel. Head in that direction. And my eyes, having been accustomed to this bright light, I would have to stand there for a moment and let my eyes adjust to the darkness. And then I could see by the light of the moon or from the glow of a window and find my way to the inn. And aren't we all in this season of Advent trying to find our way to the inn? where there is a cattle stall in the back and a manger and in that manger the light of the world the light that shines in the darkness that cannot be overcome we are bombarded with light from our screens we're preparing to shop tomorrow for Cyber Monday the push notifications are coming. The emails that Aeropostale is having a flash sale. And I'd better get there. Or my kids had better get there. The New York Times flashes on my phone alerting me that Fidel Castro has died. And then there is the traffic. All of that Thanksgiving traffic and the lights of the cars and the traffic lights, we are bombarded with so much artificial light. As long as we keep busy, we don't have to think about the darkness. We don't have to think about, oh, little town of Bethlehem, and the darkness that shineth, and the hopes and fears of all the years the deep longings inside of us that finally lead us here to the pews where we can stop and rest and allow our eyes to adjust and enter into the reality of the darkness that we may see the light of the Lord. That is the plea of the prophet Isaiah. Come, walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah 
was a prophet in the temple. He was not one of the prophets crying out in the wilderness. He was in the seats of power. And he had the position of telling the king what God thought about what the king was doing. And Isaiah had a hard job, and Isaiah was not always the most popular person. Now, Isaiah saw a land ravaged by violence and corruption. He saw so many people hurting and suffering. But then God showed him something different. God showed him this vision of the temple of Jerusalem, the holy place where God resides on earth for those people, for that tradition, rising up. The Temple Mount is not the highest mountain, but Isaiah sees that Temple Mount rising up to be the highest mountain and all people streaming to it. That's all peoples. Now, in a land where there is war and all peoples coming to the mountain of the Lord, that means that there are enemies joining with friends. All people with enthusiasm are saying to one another, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. For out of the mountain comes the instruction, the law of God, the law of love. And that same word that is streaming up to the mountain and how it can possibly mean these two things is amazing. For that word to stream up to the mountain also means to shine in joyful radiance. So people decide that they will bring their disputes, their conflicts, to God and let God decide what is just and what is right. And they will abide by God's judgment so that there is no need for fighting. And the power shifts from the power of destruction with the swords that become plows to till the soil, and the spears become hooks to prune the vines and the branches. And God gives Isaiah this beautiful image of peace. In the darkness, Isaiah then lights that candle of peace for us, and he says to all, take this to heart. This is God's vision for humanity. It is what Jesus would call the kingdom of God. The world made whole. Come. Come, O people. See that vision. And walk in that light. So the world looks different in different lights. Yesterday the clouds were heavy and low. And all was great and subdued and sleepy. Today is bright and clear. Making the trees and the buildings crisp and awake. 
If we see the world in the light of fear, we'll see potential threats around every corner. We'll see in a rusty fence the possibilities of being hurt and tell our children to stay away. We might get scratched. There might be a dog on the other side, but stay away from that fence. If we see the world in the light of adventure, that fence screams out to be climbed over and to see what lies on the other side. If we see the world in the light of peace, we wonder if an old rusty fence is even needed any longer. And we might go around and ask everyone, should we take it down? What does it mean for us to walk in the light of God's peace? This is what I think. I think that when we walk in the light of God's peace, we walk with hope. And this hope keeps us going. It keeps us going and working for the healing of divisions and the the standing up for what is right. Because God's ultimate intention is that humanity live together in peace and in joy. When Jesus was born, angels announced salvation, defined as peace on earth and goodwill to all. Salvation, shalom, that we should learn to love each other and live together in abundant peace. This is God's plan. I've got water. There's water right here. Oh, she's got it. When we walk in the light of God's peace, I think we walk with faith. We walk with the faith that our God is a God of peace, that God gives us the law, thou shalt not kill, that our God is a God of righteousness, that God loves what is good and fair and just. When we walk in the light of peace, we become curious, and we set aside our fear and defensiveness so that we can listen to those who hold different points of view, who are from a different part of the country or part of the world, who speak with a different accent. And we just listen. When we walk in the light of God's peace, we set wrongs right. For there is no peace without justice. We take responsibility for our mistakes. And we hold others accountable for what is fair and kind and true. And when we walk in the light of God's peace, we resist all meanness and violence. The violence that rises up inside of ourselves to burst forth in angry words as well as the violence that bursts forth from another's mouth 
in angry words or actions. As I was writing the sermon and looking for the shining lights of peace, a man kept tugging at my elbow and he would not leave me alone. It was a man standing on a flight of stairs with his arms spread wide. He was a black man. And at the top of the stairs behind him was a white nationalist convention gathering for a meal. And rushing up the stairs was a group of protesters trying to push their way through to disrupt the dinner. And there he is, blocking the way to keep the clash from happening. And he shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have had to do this. But there he is. And I don't know if it's just all wrong, which it is, but it keeps bothering me. Wanting me to see the strength and the faith and the courage. Wanting me to see the light of peace. As we leave this morning, we will go back into the light of a busy Sunday afternoon the lights will start flashing all around us. We will have to adjust our eyes so that in the brightness we are not blinded by the pop-up notifications and the calendar reminders and the glare of the computer while someone tries to finish their homework by all the things that we have to do before tomorrow and before next week and before Christmas. Still, I hope that everything will not look the same as it did before you came to church today. For we have seen God's vision through the voice of the prophets. God's vision of the world the way it's supposed to be. I hope that you go and you look at the world with the hope that peace will come, with the faith that God makes peace possible, with the will and the conviction to work for the justice necessary for peace, with the courage to resist violence and all its many forms, Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us walk in the light of God's inevitable peace. Amen.